pizzazz pizzazz. And you're listening to CITR FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar de Human Serviette Radio Show. And who do we have in the studio right now? Hi, Nardwar. This is Robert Dayton. It's wonderful to be back. Who are you, Robert Dayton? Well, do you want the long or the short? Because we got nothing but time, right? The long, please. Who are you, Robert Dayton? <laughs> well, you're, oh, so you want to get reductive here. Well, uh, basically, I I could be called a comedian, or maybe I could be called a multidisciplinary artist. People get confused. I perform, I write, I draw, I'm funny, apparently. Uh, people have vouched for, for my character as being funny. I got a new book, and I'm... Uh, bringing it all around. I'm visiting Vancouver, but I'm a BC boy, born and raised, Fort St. John. And you are performing tonight. That's right. And not only have I just told you who I am in summation, and I'm sure other people could add 
some elements as well. I'm vivacious. I got pizzazzamataz. That's the word of the day, right? Pizzazzamataz. That's our word of the day. And we have and tonight. Word, I don't want to really give away that every day I have a word of the day. Every show I have a word of the day. But yes, that is a word of the day. And tonight, it's like you a are, magician, a magician revealing secrets. I'm so sorry. I didn't know there was a code. It, it's okay. But tonight, you are going to be actually. Oh, tonight, performing. seven o'clock. I'm so excited. Uh, it's the book launch for my new book. It's a pen and ink humor book. Uh, it's an art book. It'll make you laugh and cry at the same time. It's called The Empty Bed. It's a funny pen and ink book about heartbreak. It's totally about heartbreak that Impulse B out of Toronto is published. And I will be doing a dramatic reading at the Access Gallery at 222 East Georgia. It is 222 East Georgia, Pizza 222, but at 222 East Georgia tonight, Friday, May 25th, 7 p.m. There's going to be performance by the Canadian Romantic. There's going to be saxophone. By Keith Vecker, the V. Vecker Ensemble. There's going to be me. There's going to be the Canadian Romantic. There's going to be a few other surprises. There's going to be panties for sale. And this is rare, and books, too. Lots this is of rare. Books. You are back in Vancouver. Medium Your rare. first show in Vancouver in a couple of years, right? Yeah. It's been some time, and the Canadian Romantic hasn't been here in a while. Now, after the word of the day, we cut into some chipmunks. Yeah. But you had some reservations about that particular chipmunk <sighs> track. What can you say about the uh, chipmunks? I love that record. The chipmunks doing 9 to 5, because I was turned on to the chipmunks by you, Robert. I turned you on to the chipmunks. I think you turned me on to the chipmunks through That's October great. fanzine. We both wrote for the great Rocktober magazine out of Chicago, also the home of the uh, teenage kids, adult, whatever, but mostly kids, t- rock and dance party, Chicago. And I picked cable access TV I show. I picked the wrong chipmunks. What <laughs> did I pick? I picked nine to five. What did I pick? You're so wrong. No, you no, would have played what? What? Well, did, what did we hear? And what should have we heard? What I what I really love, and and, and I've written extensively about the chipmunks. What I really love is is uh, the David Seville, the original Ross Bagdasarian Senior era. The first few albums, there's a lot more experimentation going on. Uh, the chipmunks aren't fully formed or entrenched. The B-sides are these bizarre slabs of exotica when you get them. They're these audio experiments. And I just love that early chipmunks. But I also love the stuff that came after that's a ripoff of the chipmunks, like the Christian chipmunk stuff, like Charlie the Hamster or, or the Happy Hamsters. There was a bizarre series of Christian chipmunks ripoffs that uh, Ross Bagdasarian, a.k.a. A, David Seville, the creator, made a seasoned assist, told the guy to stop, said, Floyd Robertson, stop making that. But what you had was the 80s Chipmunks revival, which was kicked into high gear again by Ross Bagdasarian Jr., Ross Bagdasarian's son had uh, started it up again, and I just feel like he didn't get it quite right. And I, I, There's a lot of chipmunks uh, uh, kind of purists out there, like uh, the late Tom Ardolino of NRBQ did song poems and also helped revitalize the shags, also kind of believes that too. He kind of believes, ah, they didn't get the voices quite right. So, you know, I kind of feel the same way. I love the Nutty Squirrels, the jazzy chipmunks ripoff, but I love that early stuff a lot too. But the 80s stuff's kind of fun. Come on, it's sped up voices. It's neat, right? But I feel like that revival, Chipmunk Punk, of which you're a fan of, and you're also a fan of Pink Panther Punk, I know that as a fact. It's 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 substantiated. In fact, I think you have actually substantiated it. They have it one Nardwar. song. It's punk. 
it's punk. That's what I don't like about Chipmunk Punk is there is no punk songs. I hate they that there's no a- original songs. I like original numbers there's on these albums. There's one song called It's Punk by Pink Panther Punk. One. That's so but at good. least they have one song. But I began by playing nine. Oh, sorry. Nine, I, I almost said nine to five because they also oh, do Oh, but the nine greatest American hero. But you know, there's some great Pink Panther stuff as well uh, that came out of France that's more electro. Like there's electro Pink Panther stuff you got to check out. Like it's, you can dance to it. And it's the Pink Panther theme with giggly voices and sped up voices. It's, it's the best. So to intro you, I played the wrong channel. Chipmunks. You know but what? Still, I played some chipmunks. But you play. You know what? It's like, like, what are you trying to appease? Like the, a distant father. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy. I'm not your father. Uh, you know, I'm just. But you know, I'm doing an analogy. But you know, I'm really excited to be here. And I like that you reached out and you played some chipmunks. You brought some. Chi- you thought of me and went. I'm going to play some chipmunks. I should be happy by this. And From I'm happy pizza, by this. Pizza, pizza, dangerous dance. What's that? Dangerous dance. We went to dangerous dance. The- and pizza, pizza. We went to. We've had some. Di- Dining experiences and in, I, Toronto, I, in, in Toronto. Toronto that aren't the healthiest dining experiences, Nardwar. Where would you recommend us going to? We went to Pizza Pizza and Dangerous Dan's in Toronto. Like the where healthiest should, place? Yeah, where should have we gone? We in should Toronto? have gone like to even, uh, even, even fresh or something and just have like a Buddha bowl. You know, we should have had some really nice, healthy food that, you know, Dangerous Dan's isn't there anymore and I wonder why. And Pizza Pizza, so terrible they have to name it twice. You know, they have to name this is a this is an establishment in in Ontario, and yes, I am a BC boy, but I'm currently living in Ontario and visiting here back in in lovely Vancouver, where I lived for 17 years. And Pizza Pizza would be the last place I would take you, but it was the only place open, so we all went. and And you were so nice, you bought me pizza, and it wasn't that bad. It wasn't as bad as I thought. But I feel like you either have to be, you know, kind of hit with a baseball bat or drunk to appreciate their pizza. And another time, I saw your ex girlfriend on the street. She came running up to me and said, I am the ex-girlfriend of Robert Deaton. Who? What? what, what, what I pre- have one ex-girlfriend? Preceded- I only have one? Baboom. <laughs> Who was that? I don't know. <laughs> what did she look like? I think she told you I was in town, and then we met in Toronto. Stands. Oh, that might have been. Did she dress really fabulously? Yes. That would be Madge. Madge actually de- has the most intensive collection of glam 45s that we dated a few years back, but she actually just made the Globe and Mail best dressed, best style list. Uh, just a, just last month, she made best style list in Canada, in all of Canada. There's like 10 people that were elected to have the best style in all of Canada. And this ex-girlfriend that was excited to see you, she's, she's, uh, you know, she's not just my ex-girlfriend. She's got the best style and she's an amazing DJ and she's a singer and she's a karaoke enthusiast as well. And she also she's a lot dates Robert Dayton. Did she did. used to? But she's you know Who that was that was one period I, of her life. If people are wondering again, <laughs> you are Robert Dayton. Yes. Could you please? What are you doing in Vancouver tonight? Tonight, well, I put out this book, the Empty Bed Book. It's 150 pages. It's all pen and ink. And it's it gets heavy because it's a heartbreak book, and uh, it deals with heartbreak, but it's funny. So there's drawings and pictures. It's not a graphic novel, but it's got a trajectory. But you read it, and it's funny. You flip through it. You haven't even looked at it yet. It's intense. There's an interview with my mother uh, that goes on where she talks about divorce and death. There's a section all about the Death Wish movies to t- talk it's about how Charles Bronson dealt with death. Let's I wrote get that an across. Ill- yeah, I did the whole shebang. 
the whole shebang is uh, Impulse put it out. Impulse B out of Toronto put it out with the you know and uh, you who are also putting out Andrew Patterson's. How new did book. you hook up with them? Because I um, noticed you also were on you were on Impulse, but they put out reflected Vancouver landscapes. Yeah, How they're an you- art book. They're an art book publisher. You know, I, I got my artist background. I, I mean, I, I consider myself maybe a personality, but I also consider myself a comedian. And I also consider myself uh, an artist. I'm an artist. So they put out artist books and they said, hey, we want to put this out. This is an artist book. But I see it as a humor book to a certain degree, too. Robert Dayton. And they also put out Andrew Patterson. We're going to do an event next week that I'm going to be interviewing him live in Toronto this from is- the band The Government, the punk band. Uh, like who we saw on the street. We, Remember, you know, what was amazing is you were, you were, after people were, stands. we were on the street. Inter- you were visiting Toronto to interview Drake. This was when was this last year? April 2016. Oh, you're good. And so we're basically doing this. Uh, we're wandering down. We're at Young and Dundas Square, which is basically a wannabe Times Square. Toronto really wants to be New York bad. It's kind of sad, really. Just be yourself, Toronto. It's okay. Just be yourself. Be comfortable. You know, if I can leave you guys with a message today, just be yourself. Be comfortable in your own skin. And I think I could tell that to the city of Toronto as well. You don't have to be like New York. So we're down there, and there's all these people wanting to take photos with you, right? You're you're just thronged. You were literally thronged. I'm going to admit it. Like people, people were ex- so excited to see you, and they're taking photos with you. And then Andrew Patterson from the uh, from the band The Government walks by, and I go, "Hemingway, he did disco music." <laughs> That's right. That's right. Classic arty. He's a classic performance artist. He's affiliated with the Western Front and and all and of course all the stuff, all the artist happenings in the Queen Street scene in in Toronto as well. And he's also was in that punk band. So he's done art and punk and all that stuff. He walks by, but here's the thing: you're getting thronged, and he has no idea who you are. He's completely nonplussed. I introduced the two of you. Doesn't have a clue who you are, but you're getting photobombed, and you know everything about his career. And now you are interviewing him. <laughs> yeah. Was that the first Next time week. you met but him? But that's in Toronto. Was that That'll be in Toronto. Was that the first time you met him? Uh, oh, on the street that day? Okay, Andrew's an, a, a curi- he's an eccentric. Uh, uh, he's a curious character, Andrew. And I'd been introduced to him at the Western Front in Vancouver, which is an artist-run center. And also I'd been Oh, inter- I thought that was the moment. No, I, I had met him a dozen it. times. And he, it took the 12th time he finally remembered me, and that was probably the 16th time I'd met him. And I've met him about a dozen times and since then. And you are then. Robert Dayton, and it says Robert Dayton will present an interdisciplinary performance. <laughs> some lofty words. Don't him, let that keep you away. As himself and as a Canadian romantic. The Canadian romantic will be there. Based around 7 PM his tonight. book, The Empty Bed. So yeah. what's going to happen? The wonderful unit pit. And I love the unit pit. They've been so supportive of me. And they've put out the Canadian romantic art book through Publication Studios Vancouver, my previous book. They've, they've been so supportive of me. And they're putting this on at the Access Gallery at 222 East Georgia at 7 PM tonight, Friday night. And we have right now all queued You want up- to know what was going to happen, though? Yeah, what is going to happen? Oh, man, there's uh, there's going to be some surprises. There will be some panties sold, and there will be uh, there'll be books for sale. But I'll be reading various things and then performing. And then there's going to be a saxophone solo by uh, by V Vecker or the V Vecker Ensemble. There's going to be a lot of stuff happening tonight. And and you know there'll even be some times for Q and A. Can we take any calls? Are we allowed to take calls? We can take calls I if love we calls. want. Six zero four eight two 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 four eight seven six zero four U B C C I T R. 
if you want to talk to Robert Deaton, who is back in town and also So good to be here. I love this town. Also tonight, also tonight, the Invasives, the pure the Ford Pierre Avengers trio, the Dead Cells at the SBC tonight. Tonight, and it's a benefit for the Grand Forks flood relief. Oh, okay. The Invasives. So that's another Ford show Pierre, that's happening tonight. Vengeance so Trio, The Dead Cells at SBC tonight. So if you benefit, don't want to come to my show, you can come to this show. Benefit for the Grand <laughs> it's Forks. It's a benefit. There we go. Flood relief. But it's but, later, right? My thing's at 7. I guess that's right. Yes, exactly. I love this town. Right now, we are going to cut to O Canada. This is by the Canadian Romantic. Are we going to hear this tonight? No, you won't. That's why I'm excited. I'm excited to play it. I normally do this with the great Chris Cummings, a.k.a. Marker Starling. And you should check his records out. They're out on Tin Angel. They'll make you weep. And we've recorded a whole album of stuff together, unreleased. But there are a couple tracks on the Canadian Romantic's Bandcamp. And there's also a video for this of O Canada. So you won't see or hear this tonight. You'll only hear this here today in the studio on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show. How blessed and lucky are we today? With special guest DJ. Robert Dayton. Great to be here.
you're still listening to CITR Radio and Anardwar, the human serviette radio show, and the opinions expressed and the music are those of Robert Dayton. So please tune out if you're easily offended. And why could somebody get offended by that tune? What did we hear right there, Robert Dayton? Well, it was an erotic version of O Canada. Performed by the Canadian by romantic. the Canadian romantic with you know Chris Cummings and Marcus Starling, Jay Anderson and the drummer Sean Latou- Sean she's she's incredible she's she's been in a lot of bands in Toronto and she that's her moaning as well and and a couple other Niles and Justin a couple other fine folks but it's, yeah it's a, the Canadian romantic yes. and you are performing tonight not that song but you're performing tonight in the, Vancouver British that's Columbia, right the Canadian romantic's Canada, performing and, at and, the yeah. Unit Pit and Access Gallery at the two 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 East Georgia Unit Pit Unit Pit's putting it on but it's at the Access Gallery 222. Think Pizza 222 or Pizza Pizza 222. East Georgia. And you are back in Vancouver, Robert. But it's not at a Pizza 222. You are back in Vancouver. Uh, although I'm not, I, I, if, if Pizza 222 asked me to perform at one of their establishments, I would. I only saw one Pizza Pizza in Vancouver. Actually what? at the you Pacific Coliseum. It was in the Pacific Coliseum. Did you know there's one in Turkey now? That is amazing. Isn't that amazing? I know I know a Turkish fella who told me yes, it was brought over from Toronto to Turkey. And and it's basically folks if uh, anyone who's who's never heard of this place you're in Vancouver and you make it to Toronto, it's basically the pizza place in Toronto to avoid. And we all have those kind of establishments here in lovely downtown Vancouver. And you are Robert Dayton from Fort St. John, lived right. in Vancouver for 17 years, 19 and years now before in Toronto, that working at the Ron C. Theater. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I Well, I'm not there anymore, but, but yes, I have. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's a great, great place if you want to see a middle-aged man asking if you want butter on your popcorn. And also, it's very close to 384 Roncesfels, which you yes. took photos for me. Could you explain the laundry mat? Well, the 384 is a, is a devastating laundromat where there were some signs up uh, dealing with certain crimes and troubles that were happening in the laundromat. But decades before it was a laundromat, it was related to your own family, Nardwa. Yes, it was Don Grossateria. My family run ran a store there in Toronto, and my mom got fat, she said, as a result from eating all the candy. Amazing. It was but probably st- an incredible grocery and now it's a really depressing laundromat. But it's still there, which is amazing. <laughs> well, the, the building history, is. Uh, the history. Yeah. <laughs> the, stri- the street number's Ross's. still there. <laughs> no, comparing Vancouver. It's not exactly a heritage building unless you really like putting things on rinse cycle. Compare, baboom, comparing Vancouver to Toronto, mm. I want to cut back to you and Vancouver Vancouver. Is it true, Robert, that one time you were on Granville Street and the cops picked you up because they were afraid if you walked down Granville Street, you would get your ass kicked? Pretty much. They said, we're doing this for your own protection. Could you explain what was happening? You were wearing a cat sweater? I, they literally, and this is the thing that really disgusts me. When they released me in the morning, uh, they said. When they released you in the morning? Yes, at 5 a.m. I thought they just gave you a ride up the street. Oh, no, they gave me a, a ride to the drunk tank. I, I used to drink a lot back then. And I was also this a bit of a chatty story Kathy. Completely. But they had I basically. They just gave no, you they a ride had. up the street because they were no, afraid of you. But they, 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 afraid no, for you. they were afraid. They said that it was for my own protection so that I wouldn't get. Because I, basically, really big, horrible people looking for fights 
were talking to me and I had been drinking excessively at that time in my life and I was the kind who would talk back and I basically said steroids make your balls shrink is what I told these horrible big people and uh, then the uh, next thing you know I'm turned around pushed into a wall with handcuffs on and uh, they throw me in the drunk so the ball people told the cops no, the the the. Uh, How did the no, cops I find don't, out? I don't know. I went into convenience store buy a bottle of water. The car that I was getting a ride in was about ten feet away. Uh, I was just gonna get a ride home. Uh, I was only on that street because there was an event related to one of Kayla Janice's uh, Cinemurte horror film things, and Kayla is actually one of the people who is who provided me with a lovely quote on the back of my brand new book, The Empty Bed, which is launching at seven tonight at the Access Gallery, two 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 East Georgia, and she she has written a book called The House of Psychotic Women. She's lived in Vancouver for many years, and she's doing a lot of great stuff. But also, House of Psychotic Women is a is a is a must read. So. Okay, I was I was part of Kayla. I was doing Kayla's party thing, and I was just trying to get home. And yeah, but I was also a bit lippy and drunk. At 5 a.m., leaving the drunk tank, the police officer said, "Dressed like that, you were asking for it." That changes exact. It completely changes. I thought the story. I thought the story was they saw you on Granville Street. The cop pulled up to you and said, "Look, get in my car. I will drive you up the street so you don't get beaten up." Dressed like that, you were asking for it. That's what the cop said, and I was dressed fabulously. Were you wearing a cat sweater though? I was wearing this great uh, red shirt with monkeys on it, holding hearts. It said, "Don't monkey with my heart," and it was a gift. It was a gift given to me by Tom Anselmi of the band Slow. Caller, go ahead. Caller. Oh, hi. Hello. Oh, that's a familiar Hello. voice. Oh, we're on, the, we're on the air. Yes, go ahead. Speaking to, of the band Slow. Go ahead to hi. Robert Dayton-ham. Hi, hi, Robert Dayton. Hi, Ham. I, I, just, I just wanted to say, I just wanted to tell, say hi, hi, Nard. Hi, Robert. And all the listeners out there. We got um, big connections well, here, Ham. Like you play in Nard's band, and we have a band together too. Yeah, yeah, we do. We have Canned Ham together too. Um, I just wanted to say, Robert's been staying on my couch for the last few days. It's true. And he's been, you know, just just uh, added to the list of all the fine things that Robert's done in his life. He's also a great house guest. What? Say that. Uh, oh, yeah, you're the best. I was worried, Ham. I, I, I made oats this morning because I eat steel-cut oats every day to start my day properly. And yeah. I was going, oh, no, the oats are stuck in the... Do I leave it to soak or do I wash it? He probably will need the pot. So I washed the pot this morning. You wrecked my pot? No, no, I washed it. The oats were a little sticky, so I was going to leave them to soak, but I was able to get oh, okay, them clean. Okay, it's yeah, totally I, fine. I thought, you know, if you wrecked my pot... No, 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 it's good. And I if I had, I would buy you a new one. Man. Okay, well, as long as it... As long as you're clear about that, it's like you ruin my, you ruin my cutler and my pots. No, no. If if it's they're totally fine, but if they had, I'd own it. Ham, I was going to ask you, being part of canned ham, you know, big ham, little ham. That's true. We're we're uh, so the listener knows (laughs) Ham and I are in a band called Canned Ham together. Project song and dance duo. And Ham, I was also curious. I was thinking back. Were you really in a Super Bowl commercial? I was in a Super Bowl commercial for um, for career um, find, yeah career finders or something yeah yeah. It's got to pay the bills, I, right? I lived. I was able to live 
pretty much without having to work for a year because of that commercial. And then I got nothing. That was the end of my acting career, pretty much. It, oh, what? I see. The ending, end of my acting career was when I was in the Robert Picton movie. That kind of, that kind of sealed ooh. that deal. Anyhow, ooh. But yeah. for the yeah. Super Bowl commercial, did people recognize you? How did that work? I don't know if people, you could probably find it online. Um, You're walking on coals in it. I'm walking on coals yelling something like, I will, I will not screw up my spreadsheets. I mean, it was like all about career hell and, you know, finding a new career. So, And also you, Robert, were in like a tampon commercial? I was in a tampon commercial, yeah. When was that? And how did that happen? About four or five years ago. You know, how come Ham gets the Super Bowl and you get the tampon? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just lucky, I guess. I know. You're lucky. How did you get that gig? Although I don't believe in tampons. I don't believe in any of these products. (laughs) I certainly don't believe in the Super Bowl. How did you get that gig? I I think, you know, tampons are a little like they're better ways. Um, You know, although it's hard for me to say that, but uh, I, you know, I don't know if I have the authority to say that, but you know, how do I get that gig? My, my agent sent me out on it. So basically if you're, if you're a comedic actor in Canada, there's not a lot of good stuff to do so and your and unless, agents unless you were in corner gas <laughs> boom wow yeah, that, wow i i'm just i just feel drenched in sarcasm is there does this does this new radio station location have a shower uh i got oh so oh light that drench myself in corner gas and light me uh yeah <laughs> so yeah, there's not a lot of good comedic roles, obviously, in Canada for anyone, and there's a lot of great comedic talent too. But you know, most people are doing commercials. The they're a good money maker, and uh, you know, I'll I'll keep doing them as long as no one watches them. I'm I'm happy. Ham, I was gonna say also, <laughs> what can you tell Capitalism. the people about Robert's band Points Gray? What can you say about Points Gray, Ham? Points Gray was uh, basically well, it's a super group, really. It's Robert and Dan Behar of of, uh, of Destroyer, and it's uh, Julian uh, Lawrence of July Fourth Toilet, amongst other things. And um, it's uh, it was originally called AIDS, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. And you changed the name to Point Square to try and make it more user friendly, more yeah. It was a, it was yeah. an intentionally loaded name, but I felt it was uh, you know because I just thought it was the mo- I thought AIDS was the most tragic. I just thought it was completely a tragic thing, and right. and I still think it is a very very tragic thing. But but I feel like that was kind of obviously overtaking what the project was. Obviously, you it's were, much bigger than the project. All the time. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. looked on discography, discogs for Dan Bihar, Don B- Don Bihar, Don Bihar, and it was not listed. Points Gray was erased from his history. Why? Why is there no listing for Points Gray? Like Dan from Destroyer, huge, huge. Like Destroyer you know. played in Toronto, right? Yes, uh, it was a great show. How many and people? And your, your, some of your old bandmates, your bandmates were in the band with Destroyer. It was packed. It was at the Phoenix. And, and, you know, Discogs isn't perfect. They also don't list some of my favorite Christian chipmunks ripoffs that we were talking about earlier. They're not listed either. So what do you do? Yeah. It's not perfect. Someone's got to point this. Uh, someone's got to post this album, I guess. So you got angry, Rob, and you destroyed 100 not, not because of Discogs. Gray's record. Can you explain that? You destroyed the record. Like, I destroyed 100 records. The record is a race from history. Totally. I just. Why did I do that? I was. How did you do? How did oh my God! It was well. You know. Fresh because it wasn't selling. 
It's, it, wasn't, it wasn't just so much that it wasn't selling. It was just it's an album I believed in. I wanted to put out for years upon years. It came out on vinyl. And now it's a lot rarer because those copies got destroyed. But oh, I was just... I. Well, it was just also a ritual, kind of a cleansing ritual. Like, you know, it, it sort of went out into the, into the, and I know lots of musicians can feel this way, uh, and artists, you put something out into the world, you want the, want the world to take note, and, you know, I mean, the, like I said about Canada being culturally conservative and the media being not so good, I mean, I'm here on how your show you today, pitch, and that I'm grateful for that. How did you pitch having yeah. Dan Bihar in a band? Like, Dan for the story, how did you pitch Point Great? Point Great? We liked each other's music. But how, we were we were to, fans of each other's music. To buy, no, to get people to buy and consign the record because you made the record on vinyl. How come distributors years didn't after t- years and, and and you guys made that before then Bihar really became much of a he had a, a couple albums a, out of a celebrity because okay, because yeah. like one of the people went like that you know went like this like hey Dan you want to write some songs yeah okay. Well, we were a little more excited. It actually, like Dan, Dan will actually, Dan actually says that doing the Points Gray album was a big uh, influence on his This Night album. You know, it it kind of so. But I was thinking, like, it should fly off the shelves that record because one person. We're all proud of it, Dan and Julian and I. One person that you are a great fan of, Tiny Tim. Yes. His entire early career was bootlegged when he got popular. Yes. So I thought Points Gray would take off because Destroyer took off. Why didn't it take off? And how did you wreck the records? Was a sledgehammer? Well, really, we only ever did one show, so it's an album, and 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 I. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's too hard for people to wrap their heads around. But basically at the time, no one was doing psychedelic folk music. And we wanted to do acid downer folk. And then four years later, people were. But it, they were doing pretty, mostly fairly generic sounding stuff. Our album was kind of a little overwrought and melodramatic, melodic. But, but you know, it was a unique record. And people don't know how to take unique sometimes. How did you destroy as, as, the records? As, yeah, how did you destroy? Really how did you destroy? <laughs> Yeah, I want to quote what David M. of No Fun said when I interviewed him the other day. I said, what happened? Yeah, we didn't fit the narrative. And maybe that's my that's maybe that's the catch all phrase. Why didn't it sell? Didn't fit the narrative. I think it's a great album. How did I destroy it? I bashed them in the back alley. I bashed them and destroyed them, put them in recycle bins. To put put them into pieces. What were you thinking? It took as a few you were hours. Bashing them. Were you taking was, your frustrations out? I wasn't. What were you feeling? What were you feeling? Sort of sad and morose, but I was also like sending texts to Dan at the time, and also right. sending texts to Kevin Howes saying, "I'm destroying these records, Kevin." <laughs> Kevin from Native North America. Was it part? And of we your, were kind of laughing, but also kind of sad at the same time. Was it part of your MA project? My MFA, my yeah. Master of Fine Arts project. Uh, it was just after. It was a few months Could after I... Could you include that as part of your project? I, I, not, not for the MFA, because I'd already gotten my MFA. But could which, have which, you... Could have you and I could have. I could. You could have got a grade from except, wrecking records. Except that project, my MFA grad project, was all about um, trying to make a new, uh, less toxic, less nationalistic, and more uh, and less repressed and more exciting and more fabulous Canada. That was basically what I was trying to do with my grad project. And you are Robert Dayton performing tonight as a Canadian... Romantic. At the... 
Access Gallery, 222 East Georgia. What's that? What's uh, Ham still on the phone, you know? And also, yeah, Ham. I'm glad you told me the address, 222 East Georgia. Yeah, write it on your yeah. hand and never wash. Yeah. Um, yeah, Ham, what do you have? What, do you, what does Slow have coming up right now? Because you are all those nights at the penthouse. Any more Vancouver gigs? What do you have planned for Slow? Yeah, we just, we just met, well, we're going off to Sled Island on the 22nd of. Uh, we're playing Sled Island on the 22nd of June, and then we're going to play the Cat Solano Music Street Festival like we've done in the past, Nard, a couple of times, um, we're gonna, uh, with the evaporators, but Slow will be playing on March, uh, sorry, March, I think it's right, July 7th, Saturday, July 7th, at the Cat Solano Street Party. Oh, that's amazing! And, a fr- yeah. and it's free! It's free! It's free, so Stiff Naked is headlining... And we're on right before her, so it's going to be pretty great. That's a uh, uh, big shut up, Robert. Uh, the, uh, no, do uh, it. <laughs> do it, man. Milk <laughs> this. Slow is back. Stage, on the big stage at the uh, at Broad Street. Yeah, sometime in the late early evening. Well, so, yeah, come on down for that. Well, thank you very much for phoning in, Ham, and doodle-doo-doo. Yeah. Isn't that great, Nard? You got our, our bandmate. Our bandmate, our bandmate Ham called in. Our our dear friend and bandmate Ham called in, and he allowed me some time to queue up. Oh, and I wanted to say, I'll say it after the song. What what can you say about the song we are about to hear (laughs) by Points Gray, the record that you wrecked? Well, there's lots of. uh, Well, don't worry, there's still copies somewhere, just not on Discogs. Julian Lawrence, who's now going to be teaching comics in uh, England, uh, but Julian is uh, he's going over there next month. But Julian and I formed. July 4th toilet together and then Dan Behar as well who uh, now has Destroyer and so the three of us did this uh, bleak downer folk thing I was it's all my bleakest lyrics so it's funny but darkly funny much like my new book The Empty Bed so it kind of fits and it kind of felt like sometimes you felt like uh, I think it was a common feeling sometimes you feel you know sometimes uh, Vancouver can have a bit of a fine don't say hi vibe or an okay don't say hi to quote the leather uppers so I guess Toronto can have that vibe at times too or you feel that vibe so I kind of wanted to put that uh put that that kind of uh feeling out and i should also say i uh you know i'm talking about the canadian romantic performing tonight at 222 east georgia well the canadian romantic uh was one of the many inspirations and ways that the canadian romantic came to being in multitude of ways but one way was that dan uh with destroyer had written a song called Canadian Lover, and it was written uh, about me and about about our buddy Shane as well. So it was written about a couple people. And so uh, the Canadian Romantic was originally going to be called Canadian Lover after the Destroyer song, but I felt that didn't work right for what the intent of the Canadian Romantic was. But that's another uh, Dan connection who, like Ham, is a wonderful, lovely friend and human being and incredible talent. People hate you in this town by points. Gray. With special guest DJ Robert Dayton. Don't you know what that is like? People hate you in this town. Don't you know what that is like? They will kick you, put you down. Don't you know what that is like? You have been around too long They don't know you or what you're like You're the perfect candidate To where they aim their hate 
Listening to the Nordwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show with special guest DJ Robert Dayton. Are you scared to say my name? What did we just hear right now? That was "People Hate You in This Town" by Points Gray, which I think you can find in certain places. I have some on me. I'll probably sell them tonight at the show. But uh, yeah, that was a, a an acid downer folk project uh, that that was done by me and Julian Lawrence of July Fourth Toilet and Dan Bayar of Destroyer. And you know, hey, I'm kind of excited, Nardwar, uh, by the fact because we've done how many interviews together now? You've interviewed me how many times? Quite a few over the years. You've but always never been so in the supportive. New CITR. This studio is lavish. I love the. I, I can't believe we didn't go to the hot tub over there. But you know, it's a great studio. But what I've also noticed that's one major change. Another change is that you're you're not you're not calling me Rob anymore. Remember you those t- last few? Well, ones? I would love to. I'm holding myself back <laughs> to not call you Rob. I'm saying Robert. It's. I'm you really impressed. Yeah, you hate that. There was one interview, and the entirety of the interview was you calling me Rob and me just going, I don't steal, I give. I don't steal, I give. And you you call me Rob. You keep calling me Rob. I just keep going, I don't steal, I give. This must have went on forever. I, I always. You don't like being called Rob Dayton. 
Not but really. It doesn't have a nice a, ring to but it. But you were for a while when known I was a as, teeny bopper. Known as Rob Dayton. So that's when I was why a teeny I called bopper. you. Yeah, yeah that's like why when I, I was called, 19. That's why I called you Rob Dayton. That's where I met you. I'd Do you remember when you were records. 19? <laughs> scratch Records. I was working at Scratch Records. Props to Keith Perry. Vancouver's only records. row of subterranean shops. And you know, you know what was great about Scratch Records? I actually went to see, in Toronto, uh, Gary Wilson perform live, and Cindy Lee opened. This was last month for this great thing that happens in Toronto called Feast in the East, where you pay a really low sum, and you get an incredible vegan meal, and you see this great show. It's put on by this great promoter, Tad Michalik, and all these other wonderful people in the east end of toronto and i met gary wilson and there was a lot of you know people that were younger than me that don't you know realize oh my gosh the internet like before the internet i'd have to get this wild stuff from scratch records in vancouver the long the no longer around scratch records but there's so many great record stores here in or tape trading with kevin lee from bum yeah right and that's where I got I got the Gary Wilson album from Scratch Records, a great record. I got so many Sun City Girls. I, you know, all that all that Amarillo stuff that you know, Three Day Stubble, all that stuff that really influenced and inspired me, along with like the stuff that David Wisdom on Nightlines would play. You know, this is before internet. We'd have to find all this great, amazing stuff. And I was out there looking for this stuff, including you know, No Fun doing their Gorgo Gum on Nightlines, you know, on David Wisdom's show, and 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 on and on and on. I, I so I, I really think these record stores are super important. It's really great. So you, I miss Scratch. To you that mentioned room. Three Day Stubble. Three Day Stubble. And a gig that I played as well with, with Three the Days. Evaporators. Yeah, and what do you three remember about that gig? In the mid 90s. Because that was important for you, wasn't it? Three Day Stubble. I think I had done the poster for that. I drew the poster for that. And I'd been wanting to meet this band. Now, now you would describe Three Day Stubble as nerd rock. I remember do, going on. I remember a, he lighted his far, farts on turned fire. Turned the dim the lights and Donald the nut with his, who had this incredible beehive. And, and they wore these great. Great clothes that were just a mix of colors and patterns. I remember we went to, so they really inspired me and influenced me in a lot of ways. We toured, my band July 4th Toilet, we toured uh, up to Portland with them. We played a place called the Poop Parlor, and I'm standing there with a guy from the band Smegma, and he said, I love these guys. They're like a mix between Can and Richard Simmons. Who you met? Yes, I've worked out with Richard Simmons. Now, how yes. did that happen? How did I how did I work out with Richard Simmons? It's really easy. Now, it's funny how people do these podcasts. It's like a ooh mystery uh, mystery podcast. There was that new podcast that came out about Richard Simmons. It's like the mystery is he doesn't want to be bothered. <laughs> you know? Wow, big mystery. Yeah, and six episodes. I got to listen to that. No, Richard Simmons was very very public and very easy to find for a few years there. And uh, and Simone Turkington, who's married to Greg Turkington would go to Slimmons, the workout studio in L.A., and twice a week, Richard Simmons, you could pay your 12 bucks and work out with Richard Simmons. And so I, we went, and Simone took me, and we worked out with Richard Simmons, you know, and then Greg Turkington, you might know from On Cinema with Tim Heidecker. So, you know, and Simone's, Neil Simone's, and Simone's doing this great tiki magic act now, too. So... So anyway, Simone took me uh, took me there. We worked out, and uh, Richard Simmons pointed out. And it, Richard Simmons uses turntables to work out. He's got turntables set up, and people got bedazzled Richard Simmons T-shirts, and I bought it. T-shirt and maybe I'll bedazzle it one day that he signed. So I've got a signed Richard Simmons T-shirt, and there we were working out. And my my shirt that I was wearing, he was a really intensive workout. By the way, this wasn't like oh you pay your twelve bucks and you have it. No, this is a workout. And I had sweat so much that my 
it sweat. My sweat was in the shape of a heart. And people can see that, can't they? They can see that. And he pointed Where, to the whereabouts heart. Where can they see that? Oh gosh, I don't know. On Instagram. What oh, is your probably Instagram? On, oh the Robert Dayton on Instagram. Yeah, uh, the Robert Dayton. You can always my we- I have a website too, robertdayton.com. But you can see that photo somewhere, somewhere on Instagram. But uh, but yeah, or visit me at robertdayton.com. Drop me a line. You can find out more about and all my stuff. And there's a picture with the sweat heart. I don't know if the sweat heart you showed can up. See but, it. but you know what? He also said that I had the worst sense of rhythm he's ever encountered. He asked if I was a geography teacher. And then Simone cracked up and said, he's a musician. <laughs> ba boom. But Neil Hamburger's wife took you there. Uh, Simone Turkington took me there, yeah. And that was when you were down in L.A. having Anne Magnuson of Bongwater as a T.A.? That How was did a that few happen? Years, that was a few years later. Well, that was another band that really inspired me. And, and when I was a... Again, you know, pre-internet, growing up, there was a show on PBS. You know, you watch PBS for Monty Python, and you watch it for this video art show called Alive from Off Center. And her and, was it Tom Ruboff, who also did the Pickle Surprise video. If any of you are on YouTube, just go click in Pickle Surprise if you haven't seen it. It's the wildest, draggiest, 80s, but future makeup crazy video. So they had this show called Alive from Off Center, and I first saw Ann Magnuson's work as a teenager on Alive from Off Center. She was doing this amazing video art called Made for TV. And then I didn't even know until years later that it was the same person who had that the wildest band ever. And I say wild, the freaky, I'm probably going to say that over and over again, but they were unique, the band called Bongwater. And so I was a big Ann Magnuson fan. Detachable penis. No, that's King Missile. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Uh, Bongwater was Power of Pussy. Uh, I knew there was some private part involved. Yeah, yeah which Fred Snyder of uh, the B-52 sings on, but it's the power of pussy. And so Ann Magnuson is, is just this, it's just incredible. And so I basically helped with her archives and stuff for about six weeks in L.A. and, now, and hung out with her and her wonderful husband, John. This back up for a second. John. You were getting your degree and you went down my to MFA. Her. She helped you get your degree. Yeah, it was part of my part of getting my degree. I get my master's of fine arts, which is amazing. She was the top of my list of artists I wanted to work with. And they said, make a list of artists you want to work with. She was number one. I wanted to work with her because her sensibility is such an influence on mine in terms of performance. How did you win her over? We talked on the phone for like an hour. She was the top of my list. We talked on the phone for an hour. Had she ever done this before? She might have had an intern before, but but yeah, we talked on the and she was like, oh great, and and you know, Canned Ham performed in her living room for her, her husband John, as well as Jody Willie, who directed the Source Family documentary about the Source Family cult. So they were the Father the, Yod. Father Yod. She had made that documentary in the book and all this other stuff. So they were in the they were in the kitchen and watching Ham and I do a a, a private dinner show for them. All for grades. <laughs> no, it was just grades and fun too. We just had and a you blast. had a kissing and not booth only too. that, what yeah. was a kissing so booth? So Ann Magnuson also it was the big Mike Kelly retrospective, and you might know who Mike Kelly is as a as an incredible artist, and also he had been in the group Destroy All Monsters, which to me in the Detroit Detroit scene is super important for mixing. Uh, rock music with art and just furthering it. And so, uh, and Ron Ashton joined later, but basically Mike Kelly was in the band for uh, of the Stooges, I should say. But so Mike Kelly had, there was a huge retrospective and Anne Magnuson was asked to do a, by uh, a, um, what's the word? A bacchanal. But, you know, an abacanal is like all debauch, right? But she was doing an afternoon 
bacchanal. And so she asked me to do, asked the Canadian Romantic, i.e. me, to do a kissing booth. So she had a huge refrigerator box. So there I am in her and John, her husband John's living room, making a kissing booth out of their refrigerator box to uh, to do. And there's uh, there's photos of that online as well. And there was, yeah, a lot of great entertainers and people doing, including the great Glenn Meadmore performed and Ann Magnuson performed as well. And we have Glenn, a caller we, right Meadmore now. From Winnipeg. We have a caller right now. Go ahead to Robert Davis. Meadmore. That's right, Glenn Meadmore. You a fan? Thank you, caller, and doot do loot do. Is that guy still calling? Like, didn't he call like ten years ago and do yes, that? Yes, yes. And you can call does he do that him every if you're week? listening. Yes, every week he does that for the past thirty-one years. Six zero four eight two 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 four eight seven six zero four UBC CHR. If you want to talk to Robert Dean, who is in town. How do you feel to be instrumental in that guy's vocation? Baboom, you're playing tonight. Uh, so the the empty bed tonight. You're speaking, performing. Yes, I am performing, and I'm doing stuff for my brand new book, The Empty Bed, published by Impulse B, and it's a, it's a heartbreak book. It's funny, but you'll laugh and you will cry at the exact same time uh, as many have already. I can't guarantee you will. I don't know your feelings. But uh, yes, uh, there'll be a dramatic reading. There'll be a performance by the Canadian Romantic. There's going to be some saxophone. Saxophone by Keith Vecker, the uh, the V Vecker on some. It's you know is helping out too. And it's at two 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 East Georgia uh, at the Access Gallery. It's put on by Unit Pit. The I just God that'd be so good to me. Uh, uh, Kay and Jamie of Pit. I been so good to me. Previously, the Pit had put out uh, the Canadian Romantic book. They just yeah. So t- it's free by the way. Did I mention that it's free? It's actually free. Not the book. The book is cheap, though. It's affordable. I'll even sign it for you. But the event is free. Tonight. And it's at 7 o'clock tonight. You are Robert Dayton. I sure am. an MFA. Junior. An my MFA. My dad was, you know, you want to know my middle name? Andrew. You know what the initials are? R-A-D. That's rad. But I'm the junior, so I'm rad junior. I don't want to learn anything more about your name because I finally got it right. Just call Robert, me rad junior. Robert Dayton. But MFA, that is pretty amazing. Did they allow you to get naked? What did other people do? You are phoning up Ann Magnuson. Allow, they encouraged what did it. Other, what did other people do? Could you use your gigs? for credit well i mean there was the huge grad project so you know i had uh, part of the, even the gra- the evening the big uh, the big the big grad show and i did a huge interdisciplinary grad show i did massive eight foot drawings but i also had set up a a a, a, a certain sort of sigil a circle uh, of uh, of dirt and salt with these lownies cherry blossoms everything was related to canada and trying to heal canada and there's a lot of red velvet and stuff like that but there was also a new character i was doing that called support who would just offer people support but the night there was a lot of stuff and you'll see it all on my website for that i did a, it was it was pretty ambitious but the night of the big grad show guess who performed my uh, now defunct, my recently defunct band, New New Horizons, New with Horizons. Craig Daniels, with Craig so, Daniels so your of the band, Leather Uppers. You You're, got who, credit. Who, you have covered one of their songs. The Smugglers did. The Smugglers covered covered the Leather Supercar. Upper song. I thought, no, don't sell hot dogs. Oh, that was Andrew W.K. covered that. He loved the on Leather the other, Uppers. He loved the Leather on Uppers. On Nardwar Records. On Nardwar Records. But so I was playing with Craig of Leather Uppers. New Horizons performed. Yeah. And then you and got people credit. Loved it. I threw and you got gl- credit. Well, you know, I mean, it That's was part amazing. of it. That's amazing. It was part what of it. Other, through glitter. What did other candidates for MFAs do? 
Uh, nothing quite like that. Amazing. Different things. I, I they did curious, different things. Your band, the New Horizons. They did their own thing. You also performed for Chaka the Cat's That's 18th right. birthday. The late Chaka the Cat. Uh, lived about 19 years. But an empty bed. A real cat. We you performed for it. We were, did a cat's birthday but party. But an empty bed, your book, you said you were allergic to cats. I actually did have an allergy for to cats. And it was uh, and it was a hard decade. that I was allergic to cats for about a decade. And then I got better. I always say And now you, I have a wonderful cat named Tommy, and I love him so much. Much like your late lamented Cleo, Tommy is black, a black and white cat. Uh, exactly. Baboom. And you are Robert Dayton live on an Ardwar, the human survival. I love radio that we're show. covering cats' birthday and, parties tonight. And also, I always send you links for Larice. Who is, is Larice? Larice is incredible, huh? Yeah. What do you know about Larice? We are getting into glamier, but Larice. We're getting into glam, which is which is kind of the uh, the other ongoing project. Do you Uh, appreciate? Well, you know where I I I, I do because I I had already known a bit about Larice, and I'm going to smash your face in, and all those great songs. So I had known some of that that Larice stuff already, but. I needed to know more. So how did I need to? How did I find out more about Larice? I tuned into the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show for a full interview with Larice. I got to learn about Larice's whole career thanks to you. He even met Joe Meek. He met Joe Meek. Isn't that how many people have you talked to that have met Joe Meek? None. You know, I have a theory. I have a theory. I have a theory that echo and reverb can cause damage to your mental health because look at Joe Meek and look at at uh, Phil Spector. It can turn you murderous. And you turned your love for glam into Horrible. talking to Sweeney Todd. Yes. You interviewed a Sweeney Todder in Vancouver. I've actually interviewed two Sweeney Todd members. Recently, in Vancouver. Yeah, but recently I interviewed bassist Bud Marr, who had also played in a band with my oldest brother, Frank, who turned me on to a lot of glam music. Now, what can you say about Sweeney Todd? Because from my limited knowledge of the band, Brian Adams was in a yes. band, but they speeded up his voice. That's actually... Well, and, could, and you I explain, always, could you explain here's the about thing. that? Okay, so I mentioned my brother, Frank, right? And there's some erroneous info out there about him his his voice being pitch shift because Who's basically... Nick Gilder was the original lead singer, was the, the main guy behind Sweeney Todd and uh, as the original lead singer. And then he got offered a solo career in L.A. on Mercury Records and left Sweeney Todd after they had the hit with Roxy Roller. Now, if you've ever heard Nick Gilder's voice, it's the most high, it's high pitched and it's just like the slinkiest voice. It's so sexy. And so it's like, how are you going to get a lead singer? So they did get a, another lead singer briefly and they tried a few people out and then they got Brian Adams. So people think, oh, Brian Adams got that raspy voice, right? They're thinking, oh, there's no way that Brian Adams could reach those that, that pitch. So it's got to be pitch shifted. So they put that info out there. My brother Frank saw him play in Fort St. John. Adams. Uh, Sweeney Todd with Brian Adams because they made a whole second album with Brian Adams singing as the replacement singer uh, before Brian Adams went solo. And my brother saw him and said there's no way it was pitch shifted. He hit all those notes. And so the other day I interviewed Bud Marr, bassist for Sweeney Todd on the first album, the second album, and even third album demos. He was the became the lead singer after Brian Adams. And Bud Marr knows this stuff because he was a pivotal member. He even was played in the band in the reunion for five years, starting at the PE in the 90s when I interviewed Nick Gilder. So Bud Marr knows this stuff and said, there is no way 
No way that Brian Adams' voice was pitch shifted. He was 16 years old and singing on that second Sweeney Todd album. And I think it's the best thing Brian Adams has ever done. And you were lucky enough to get the CD. What can you say about the CD Oh, man. So this is it. We don't know the sound quality. We don't know anything of this CD. But I got it, and it's the lost, the last demos of Sweeney Todd for an unreleased third album that never came out. Barely anyone's ever heard these demos. We haven't heard them. I haven't even listened to this yet. I don't know what it sounds like. I know nothing. Bud Marr is the lead singer by this point. So Sweeney Todd kept going after Brian Adams left. Can you give a little setup for the song we are about to hear? Which one are we going to, which track we play? Number six. Go, well, it's a cover of the Shirley Bassey classic. Uh, she sang a theme. What's the best part of those old James Bond movies? The theme. What's the best part of the movie Goldfinger? The theme. That John Barry orchestration sung by Shirley Bassey. And now here's a Canadian glam band doing their take on it. Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. Who is in the band right now? Who is in Sweeney well, Todd right now? On this recording. There well, is no Adams, right? No Adams. No. No. There's the original, so who are we original drummer, hear? Bud Marr singing. And uh, Phil Booth, John Booth, and Robbie Gray on keyboards. And this right here is an exclusive for the listeners of the Nardwar Show. I, I don't know the sound quality. I can't vouch for nothing. Here we go. Some Sweeney Todd, their interpretation of Goldfinger. On the this Nard- is an exclusive. Or, this is an original. This is wild. On the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show was guest DJ. Robert Dayton, it's great to be here.
You are still listening to the Nerdbar to Human Serviette Radio Show with special guest DJ Robert Dayton. Robert, what Hello. did we hear there? That what was did we hear? Unreleased demo by Sweeney Todd of their cover of Goldfinger for an unreleased third album, a concept album about the Barbara Seville. And uh, yeah, Canadian glam band Sweeney Todd, of which had Nick Gilder and uh, Brian Adams as members, but now it's Bud Marr singing, and he sang great. Like, he had that great—it was so glammy. I, I'd never—this was new to me, ultra-rare and super great. I've been basically working on this Canadian glam project. That's my next book, is all on Canadian glam. So I've been documenting and crisscrossing the nation, doing uh, interviews with Canadian glammers. And you are Robert Dayton, 604-822-247, 604-UBC-CITR, if you have any questions. Yeah. You also I'm talked hungry to, to talk David to the M. And he of can No s- Fun, which was gl- a glam folk duo with Paul Leahy as well, who was in a very glammy band called Toys. And in fact, uh, David M. showed me a magazine, Rock Scene magazine, pivotal uh, New York glammy act that always had the dolls in it. And there was a picture of Toys and a picture of Simply Saucer. Together, so and uh, they had the captions mixed up. I put that on my Instagram, but the simply saucer caption was mixed up with the toys caption, and uh, so there was actually a real connection with No Fun and Simply Saucer from across the country because they did each other's distro on opposite parts of the country. So No Fun was kind of fit in with the Simply Saucer world, and also even the worlds of like say Gary Wilson, who I mentioned earlier, or R. Stevie Moore. But this is out of Vancouver, man. This is out of Surrey, B.C. Did toys no release fun, anything? No Fun. Did they no put a fun, vinyl? Nothing. No, but no, but you can find a song "Hello" on YouTube by Toys, and it's amazing under Paul Leahy. And Paul Leahy had bands called Polly and stuff like that. But he's he he died a couple of years ago, but he had bands like Polly right till the end. He was a glamour to the end. And David Emmett and Paul of No Fun, No Fun predated the Vancouver punk scene, much like Simply Saucer. And they don't get talked about as much today. And I asked David why, and he said we didn't fit the narrative. But No Fun is super important. Their EPs are gone. They're hard to find. They're super rare. But David David M. still performs. You can still see David M. perform to this day. And he is a legend. He predated, you know, like Vancouver Punk had to happen around him. He came before Vancouver Punk, much like Rough Trade in Toronto came before. Or, or you know, uh, you know, they came. he came before. And so that's why he's on Vancouver Complication, all that stuff. He's and, a glamour. And David M. can sign Simply Saucer in Vancouver? Yeah, so if you were if you bought a copy of that Simply Saucer single on Pig Records in Vancouver, if you bought that back in the day in 1978, it would have been because of David M. And if you had bought the No Fun single, it would have been because of Simply Saucer and their label with Gary Pig Gold. You also talked to Danger, who were the first punks in Quebec. So here's the thing, Danger or Danger. 
out of uh, uh, which to me their album is like is as good. Uh, no, it's better than the first Teenage Head album. They were the second second French Canadian glam band and the first French Canadian punk band. Their album is incredible. Is and I said, how punk? did you, how did is you become punk or did they well, put it's out like, a it's punk like the album. New York dolls? It's kind of like the New York dolls. I said, how did you move from glam to punk? They went, well, you know, you're on the road so much. You're eating bad food and your clothes got smelly. Baboom. And they also owned the first move to go back. That was, or that was, oh, that was actually Ot chose. And that was the band Ot chose, which was more like kind of gritty, almost street poetry. T- he was like a rock and roll poet, Frank Heer. And, but the other fella, uh, the other fella in, in Ot, who formed Ot chose with him and later had the, the, uh, crazy, uh, gl- the glam disco band Eclipse. He had the first Moog. Yeah. In, in Quebec. When you were talking to these fellows, are mm-hmm. they happy that you care? Does Sometimes, anybody care about them except you? I think other people care, and I think more people should care because that stuff is amazing. Those, uh, you know, Sweeney Todd albums, those that Danger album, those Ot Chose records are absolutely phenomenal albums. And they're Canadian glam. They're pushing the boundaries. They're mixing performance with, uh, and they're doing gender bending. You know, they're pushing gender boundaries. Uh, they're and and there's fashion, and you know, it's, it's just it's incredible. And there's art. It mixes in all these things, and it's also against cultural. Conservatism in Canada. It's it's important, wild stuff, and it's pushing the door open a crack. And I think we need to do that. We're in a dangerous time, and I think it's important for us to be, you know, to be more open. And you were documenting this. I don't like for the grid. You were <laughs> I documenting hate the grid. this for a b- b- book, for a big book, it's for a big book, for, for a big Canadian book. glam. But I love the fact that you also have glam spaces and places. Oh yeah. You also have that. What is Honest Ed's like? Is that a glam space? And did they have vinyl at Honest Ed's? Oh, you know, I don't rightfully know. They, but when I went to Honest Ed's, they had everything. And there is something. Did they kinda, have vinyl? Um. I don't quite know. I think they probably did. When I went, they didn't. Honest Ed's, unfortunately, has been leveled. Right now, uh, Toronto as well is going under severe gentrification, just like Vancouver. And and that that is a part of what I'm saying. I'm trying to put this book out for the future. It's not just looking to the past, but it's guiding towards the future. And a lot of the most exciting, interesting places are being leveled for condos. And that's what's happening in Toronto. And that's uh, now when people talk about the housing crisis in Vancouver, they're saying the housing crisis in Vancouver and Toronto. And, you know, Honest Ed's, as of like a few months ago, is now just leveled. There's no building. It's just a big gap on the corner of Bloor and Bathhouse. But it was this wild place ran by Honest Ed Mervish, and there was funny signs everywhere and jokes, and he was also into the theater. So in that way, it kind of moved in with glam, because glam has a camp sensibility and a sense of humor. Peter Pan and Fiesta. Oh, yes. Now, those were places that were pivotal hangouts pre-punk. And it was run by, uh, oh my God, Sandy Stagg. Sandy Stagg had a haircut that was tri-level and three-colored. And she she started the very what first- What year? Uh, 1973. And before that, she had the very first vintage store in Canada, to my knowledge. So she was a, so she was a real pioneer. And she started these cafes, which were hubs for people to meet and, and do stuff. One of the guys from The Dishes worked there. And, you know, rough trades got happening there. General idea hung out there. So it was a hub for fashion and music and art. And so these were key pivotal places in Toronto. What about in Winnipeg, the Funtown compilation? Oh, yeah. Because KTEL did a lot of comps, but they didn't necessarily do original artists. No, not what very original few. original artists were on KTEL? Well, there was, well, Alex Harvey, who was a real glamour. 
uh, from the sensational Alex Harvey band over in Europe had uh, did a whole album about the Loch Ness Monster on KTEL out of Winnipeg. But also, there was also Rock Fantasy, which July 4th Toilet, my band covered on our 10th anniversary, which takes place in the land where animals peop- are people, and the people are the animals. And it's kind of glammy. It's like so fantastic. It's like it's like a Croft pr- production. It's all these animals singing and talking. And uh, and there's no, I can't find any backstory. I can't figure out how this album was made. And then there was the kids show host, Bob Swartz, who had a show called, it was the shoddiest puppet show ever made. And it was, got, well, one of, and it was called Fun Town. And they put out an album of that, of these animals singing over Moogie backing tracks of popular songs like Hey Tuttle, which when I heard for the first time as a kid, I thought when I heard Hey Jude after that, I thought the Beatles were ripping off the Marvin Mouse and Toddle Turtle singing Hey Toddle. And later, Ham and I paid tribute to that with our song Hey Little Ham. Tell us about the Ravine comic book and Wee Magazine. <laughs> well, well, the Ravine comic book, I can't, uh, unfortunately, my mind is just uh, having a horrible gap. But there was a really interesting Canadian cartoonist who would do uh, these promotional comic books. One what for year? For, uh, in the 70s at some point, I believe. And he did a, a comic book for Ravine. Now, Ravine was an Australian hypnotist. And this is a shout out to, to my friend Rebecca Russell, who's all uh, from Lick the Pole, who's also obsessed with Ravine. Hello, Rebecca. So, anyways, uh, Ravine, uh, it's Ravine and his sons, and, and he's a hypnotist. It's a wacky comic book as a promotion for the hypnotist Ravine. The man they call Ravine, the illusionist. We magazine. But I also believe that uh, Doug Henning, another magician, is, uh, is key in the era of in, in glam. He moved it into moved magic into rock. The natural and law we ma- party. Yeah, the natural, natural law. law party later. Yeah, We Magazine just, uh, is just basically a European erotic. Uh, porn mag. I don't know what but else to say But you posted some pictures. Oh yeah, there were some images. Uh, Serge Gainsbourg had done some. Uh, had done a done a spread, kind of a bondage spread with Jane Birkin. With Jane Birkin, yeah, for for We Magazine. And you also held on to the basement tapes, the actual reel. Yes, I, uh, a friend of mine uh, had helped to uh, put out the basement tapes and uh, the Bob Dylan basement tapes, which he got a Grammy for. And he's a dear dear friend of mine, my friend Jan Haust. And so he, he let me hold on to the masters of the demo. I've, and you, I've held the actual basement tapes. And you are again Robert Dayton. And Robert, who gave you that Stampede Wrestling LP? I have a Stampede Wrestling LP? Yeah, you have an LP I from do? Stampede Wrestling. Gosh, Narwar, you know more than me. I have that? Yes. Oh. <laughs> well, where, I, I where sta- do you find a, a lot of your wrestling? vinyl? Where do you find in Toronto? Sometimes friends give them to me. I hit some good record stores. There's a lot of great stores in, in Toronto. June Records is a great store. Grasshopper Records is a great store. And I dig and I trawl and, yeah. Sexcula. Oh, my goodness. Sexcula. Yes, that was, uh, I think, Canada's first porn movie, and the Canadian Romantic performed before a presentation of that, but it came out decades ago. And you also had an air freshener. I want to think it's an air freshener, but it's actually a winking pick. And by the it? way, Sexcula, the liner notes were written by the great Paul Karup of the Exploitation site, who with K- Kayla Janice, who has graciously written some kind words on the back of my book, as long as well as, you know, Dan Behar and Greg Turkington and Fiona Smith and Guy Madden and Jody Willie. They'd written some nice blurbs on the back of my book. But uh, but anyways, Paul Karup and Kayla Janice have a great publishing company called Spectacular Optical that are putting out a lot of neat books, too. You also had air fresheners. I want to say air fresheners, like I said, but it's really a winking pick and a doll, too. Of the Can Canadian you Romantic. You could, probably buy, you could probably buy some uh, Canadian Romantic uh, uh, winking photos tonight. 
uh, along with the book for you know you can buy the book the, my brand new book the empty bed Would tonight you? at at the at 222 East Georgia the where access are, gallery where you are performing 7 p.m. it's put on by the Pitt Gallery but it's a book launch for the empty bed there'll be a lot of surprises where did you get that Snoopy shirt that you're wearing? Oh, I bought it at a great, uh, a great, just a great little uh, pop-up shop. <laughs> it was a yeah. That's, Whereabouts? It's amazing. It was on Saint Clair, uh, where uh, right near where Hot Breath Karaoke is uh, headquarters is, where they do the best karaoke night in in Canada. Do you own some booty pop shorts? Uh, yes, I do. Yes. Can you explain about that? They've that got is... uh, they've got extra padding to give me extra booty. That, where did it was you discover a those? Uh, so in, I was perform- the Canadian Romantic was performing in London, Ontario, and someone had just given it to him as a gift. And you're also into ballpoint tattoos? Yeah, so one of my projects is ballpoint pen tattoos, and I'll be doing that in Kitchener, Ontario next week. And uh, basically, uh, I've got some flash art. You can decide what kind of drawing you want and where you want it, and I'll draw it on you. And in if, ballpoint pen. Sometimes I do jiffy. It's breaking the rules a bit. And if people want to find you on the web, where can they find you? I recommend just going to my website because uh, that has a lot of stuff, robertdayton.com. But I also have, you know, there's there's a bunch of various other things. I have a Patreon that's kind of sad. <laughs> it's a little sad because I don't like to court controversy. I like to make. But I if mean, people uh, contribute, they will get a custom. I want to make things better, not worse. I don't need to court controversy. But if they con- uh, so that so my Patreon doesn't court controversy, <laughs> so it's a little mellow. Uh, you know the days of you know you have to invent a horrible controversy. But and you make give horrible videos people. for people. So on what King I do Diamond. is I, yeah. So I make try to make people happy and do give people nice stuff. Like f- seven seconds. Well, actually, seven minutes videos. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, but it's on the on my but, Patreon under Robert Dayton, but I also have a website, a Robert, Robert Dayton demo reel. And you were getting, like, stabbed and wearing a diaper. What was that about? Oh, my goodness. There was this show called Scare Tactics, and I was on a bunch of episodes. And basically, it was a reality show where the person didn't realize that they were in on something. And at one point, I uh, was a... a um, uh, a psychiatrist and trying to do some uh, treatments for someone and uh, the person was not in on it they thought they were being paid for research for the day and then I show up in a diaper and I, I told the guys writing it who also did the very first the guys who were writing that episode also did I can't uh, what's the what's the movie something city Oh, geez. They did a movie uh, about Rob Ford before this new Hollywood production that's a comedy with some great Toronto, uh, some Canadian Canadian uh, comedic talent. But anyways, yeah, I, I peed myself in a diaper. They l- hooked it all up, and, and the guy freaked, and yeah, it was, yeah, and it was called Scare Tactics. And you're Rob Dayton. <laughs> did Evan Simons Robert in Vancouver Dayton. really see you drink pre- piss? Probably, yeah. I probably had drank piss, but I, I didn't mean to. Where or did was I mean that? to? I can't remember. Well, July Fourth Toilet, for those not in the know, is a project, and you can find that on Bandcamp and YouTube. There's a lot of July Fourth Toilet videos. There's a, an entire video back from my old drinking days where I was in an entire blackout, and that's on YouTube. And I blacked out the whole show, and the whole thing's on YouTube. But also, there were shows that went for eight hours, and sometimes by the seventh hour, things just go a little awry. Every show was different for July Fourth Toilet. And that was like a very long show, wasn't it? Like 24 hours. Probably. Maybe it was more. Yeah, they, these things could go on. <laughs> you did a lot of stuff in Vancouver during your 17 years in Vancouver. Terminal City. What do you remember about Terminal City? I wrote a, wrote a column for Terminal City, and then uh, and I started out kind of as a meanie. Uh, I'd, I'd give 
negative reviews at times, like one band called Heavy Mellow. I said it's an oxymoron without the oxy. So I was a bit scathing, and then I decided to become a nicer person. <laughs> I tried. What I don't do you know, think and, about the And media? now I write more. Uh, I started writing more fictional, experimental fiction and stuff like that, or stuff about my life, and and or, or just stuff to try to relate to people more, which is kind of what my new book is about, trying to relate to people through heartbreak. What do you think about the media scene in the 1990s? The Trippy Gazette, Terminal City, Jesus Fanzine. What do you think about the 90s? I thought, you know, and I thought it was incredible uh, because it, it brought people together. Uh, I mean, I went to a show at the Lido last night. I knew barely anyone to see Cindy Lee. I knew barely anyone there, but they were all out in full force. So people are still getting out. The word gets out. But I did feel, uh, you know, with Terminal City, it was uh, it was a way to kind of. Uh, and, and with Drippy and stuff, it was a way for people to know about things and have a community of people go out and be active in things. You know, Condor International. Oh yeah, we were we were going to go visit uh, Condor International. The crazy people. You love that record. That record's amazing. Out I of got Vancouver. It, I got it for five bucks from Ty at the back of the flea market, who's now dead. Uh, but he turned a lot of people onto a lot of music. Kevin Hauser did Native North, uh, put Native North America together, and from Jamaica to Toronto and other things, uh, got really turned onto a lot of music by Ty as well. And that's where I bought the Crazy People for five bucks. Now it's worth hundreds. We don't know who's on it. It's this label. It's this record that came out on this Burnaby label. We were, you and I were going. You suggested we go to that address, and we never did. It's not too late though. What are you doing right now? Well, tonight people are going to check oh, you right. out. Right, seven o'clock. They got to go to the Access Gallery. Free. It's free. It's my book launch, The Empty Bed, 222 East Georgia. And you are Robert Dayton. I'll and be performing, and it'll here. be a multimedia. There'll be footage of my mom. My mom's in the book. What's that? Ro- winding up here, Robert Dayton. Yeah, we got to play a track on Canadian Vulture. Glam. Vulture magazine. I, I wrote. Liquor. Do you have? Do you have? Do you have Vulture? Do you have copies of Vulture? What can you see about Vulture? Vulture's one of the original rock fanzines by Eddie Flowers of the Gizmos out of the states in the early '70s, and he started back up. He's been printing like old Lester Bangs articles too, and and stuff by me. Uh, you know, I think Classic Crime Wave is in there, and I think Gary Pig Gold is in there. And the next issue, I write about the Canadian Glam Act links. So I've been writing about Canadian Glam for Vulture magazine. What do we have coming up right now? Chicken. Oh, this is Can a band, a completely chicken. unknown band called Chicken on white vinyl with a yellow lo- yoke inside. And uh, yeah, it's it's, it, uh, it's Canadian glam remember and the it's McCracken's unknown. Remember from Vancouver? <laughs> I remember them. But it's totally glammy. It's from 78. Where did you find this? Uh, I found it basically at Neurotica Records for six bucks because it's just an unusual record. There's nothing like it. And I thought And I need to know more. And if anyone has info on Canadian glam or any of this stuff or wants to get at me about this stuff, drop me a line at, at my website, robertdayton.com. Could you explain about the vinyl? Because I White thought vinyl it was with a, a yellow. It, no, it's I brand. thought it was reissue. Well, here's the thing. This, this album could come out in the era of Foxygen and Aerial Pink. It sounds like that. It looks like that because it's on white vinyl. But it's from 1978, and I, I, I think it deserves a listen. I think it deserves to be heard. Are you going to track these guys down? Chicken I am for working. Book? I'm working on it right now. I've tracked down a former member, and I'm trying to f- track down a, a legendary Toronto DJ who's quoted in Marshall McLuhan's book who put it all together. Why should people care about Robert Dayton? Why should people care? Why? Uh, you know, it's their choice if they want to care or not. You know, it's fine. I mean, I'm trying to do. I mean, I that's weird because I throw it back. I want to do stuff for an audience and and try to do meaningful work for them. So hopefully, hopefully it resonates with them. Anything else you'd like to add to people out there at all? Just uh, if I don't see you tonight, I hope to see you soon, and I hope you're having a wonderful day. Well, thanks very much, Robert, and keep on rocking in the free world and do do loot do do do.
Yeah, to do.